Welcome to another edition of The War Room here on KOKC Radio. Everybody's favorite guest is back, so I don't even know why I introduced myself. Rob Barkus, Parsons Athletic Director in the building. I'm your host, Sean Fry, Managing Sports Editor of the Parsons Sun Institute Tribune. Rob, how are we doing today? Good. Uh, one per- I think I want to start off today with I th- one- somebody who we talked a lot about either on your last appearance or the appearance before that. They all bleed together at this <laughs> point. But I want to talk about the fall that Kinsey Baldwin had uh, in cross country. Second in the league, j- missed a medal in, in, uh, at her state meet. She was a two-time defending league champion, struggled with a hamstring injury, I believe, yeah. all year. Just kind of, you know, we saw the Anna Cantrell girl over at uh, Labette County really start to establish herself. She got fourth at state. Congratulations to her. What was kind of your take on how Kinsey looked? Because we, we know how decorated Kinsey has been um, in a lot of sports over her tenure at Parsons. Yeah, the one the one thing about Kinsey in her tenure, though, is she has been, she'd been relatively healthy. Mm-hmm. So uh, this injury, I think, really not only physically but kind of mentally got into her head a little bit where she wasn't the same confident uh, runner that I thought she was the previous cross country seasons and previous track seasons. Um, you know, once, once that little bit of doubt starts creeping in, you start to question yourself. And I think there at times, uh, during the season, she did that, but I thought towards the end, uh, she got back, she got more back to her old self where she was confident and looking excited, looking excited and ready to run. You know, it, and what was crazy too, is, you know, I understand me saying, Oh, she, you know, finished second in league after winning back-to-back league titles. At the league race, she ran her PR. Yeah. Best <laughs> like, yeah she broke 21. Like she, yeah. she gave the best that she ever gave. Yes, definitely. And, yeah. uh, you know, obviously it was great to see her finish the season strong. Uh, I know you're not necessarily directly involved in these decisions, but looking at someone who's very specialized in distance running, so to speak, uh, she has an off-season now to kind of prep for track. I know, I know you used to coach track. Uh, you know, we have, we had the, we have Tanner, the trainer, uh, at Parsons high school. How do you kind of, what do you feel like in any conversations you've had is an approach to try and get her healthy for the spring and for recruiting as well? Well, for, for one, I think she needs to take a, you know, a, a little bit of time off, uh, maybe cut back on her miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the thing in track is she, she does cranking them in the summer yeah. and like without, I don't want to sit here and criticize as 17, 18 year old girl, but you wonder to a degree when was her when was her off season in the summer, and that's that's not necessarily. A, I don't want to characterize it as a criticism, but it's an observation I have about a lot of athletes that are as, that are in her category in terms of truly dedicated. They never seem to get time off, and I wonder how people involved in athletics can encourage that more. Uh, it's really hard for cross country or for long distance runners because uh, you have to get your miles in. There's there's mm-hmm. really uh, not many other options. Uh, so it's it's really hard uh, if you talk to anyone that runs you know half marathons or marathons. Uh, it's just time. It's hard to take weeks off because you're so time oriented and worried about your times. When you take time off, you lose some of the you know your times get a little worse and then. You push you a little harder, up. and yeah. then you got to build back up, and that, uh, that's just a—it's a hard mindset to uh, to wrap your head around of mm-hmm. taking time off, and then you start running again. And you think you're rested. You think, "Oh, my times are going to be good." Those first couple times out, you know, you've lost yeah. some of your your endurance and your stamina, so your times aren't going to be as as good as they are. So it's really hard for 
distance runners, I think, to really take any time off. Yeah. Uh, other things in the fall going on, uh, we, we saw uh, the volleyball team at Parsons under Brooke Hopper, who just uh, ended her coaching tenure. She, what was it, five, four or five seasons she coached? Four. Four seasons as the head coach. Uh, you know, one win in her first year as a head coach. She wasn't left with much, and she uh, and, and she goes and takes a team. They finished with a winning record this year. They were really in contention for a league title. And, it, you know, going back to that word criticism, if I had a criticism of how Parsons Volleyball played this year, it's that they weren't in that hunt for the league title on the last night. That's a testament to the progress that they have made over the last few years. Uh, you know, you guys got to host a substate this year. That was the first time Parsons has ever earned the right to host a substate. Uh, you know, obviously the new substate system where you earn the right to host is is, is pretty new. I want right. to say within the last four or five years. But uh, either way, it had to have been exciting to uh, see how that volleyball team did, and also a bit exciting to see how that Miage team looked when they came into town. Yeah, uh, Brick did a great job. Uh, you know, she took a. She took a program that, as you said, one win <laughs> your first year. Uh, that's got to be tough on you mentally. Uh, incremental, incrementally got better each year. And uh, I think this year, I think they they exceeded maybe their expectations. I know they ex- they expected to be really, really competitive, but I don't know if, mm-hmm. if anyone thought we were going to win 23 uh, volleyball matches. Yeah, and, and it's... It, it, you know, the the low point was that night at Indy. I can't remember if you were there or not, but they just dropped two matches, including one where they they won the first set over Fort Scott, and then they're up 24-20 to 20 in the second set. They win that match. They're a match off the league title, and you probably feel better about yourself playing Indy that night and maybe get that second win. Uh, you know, certainly a congratulations to that volleyball team. Uh, I thought it was the league was just wild this year. Yeah, I league, mean, league there was, was very good. I mean, what was crazy about it to me was Independence had the highest substate seed. They were a two seed going into the substate. They didn't get out of it. Tong and Oxy got out of that one, but Independence had the two seed in four A East. They were third or fourth in the league standings just based on league matches. They uh, it was Chanute and Fort Scott that tied for a league title. And even that Chanute is a bit of a, a bit of a surprise to me because Chanute, while I knew that on their girls' side they were going to see an uptick this year, particularly after I saw their softball team win a league title, because right. you saw what was a very young but confident core really take a step in the spring, continue that into the fall. I mean, you look. I mean, those two teams win the league title. Labette County beat Independence at one point in the league season. Labette County was never an easy out. They were the two-time defending champs. Parsons ends up finishing third in the league. They were, I mean, they were never, obviously never an easy out. They were one of the better teams in there. Just a wild league. Yeah, You've it, got to replace Brooke Hopper now as head coach. She is stepping aside as as everybody's least favorite insurance agent in town, uh, <laughs> Andy Hopper, which he's my insurance agent, so just shows my reputation yeah, around definitely. town. But, uh, you know... You got to replace Brooke Hopper uh, and find someone to fill that role and take over a team that returns most of its core, including Anaya Hemmen, who's going to be the best pin hitter in the league next year. Uh, what is that coaching hiring process looking like so far? Uh, right now, we're just looking at applications. Uh, there's been a lot of interest, uh, as you said. We've she's got Anaya Hanyan coming back, who was first team all unanimous all league. Uh, unfortunately, she's. Uh, losing Kirsten Houck, who was a 
first team all league selection. That's going to be a tough loss. She was and, a great defensive libero back there. And Brianna Patterson, who was a second team all league player. So we're losing two all league players. Uh, hopefully, some of our younger kids, uh, like Sailor Ray or Madison Lubers, can step up and and fill some of those roles. You know, when you're looking at replacing Coach Hopper and uh, someone who's going to come into a team that. It is not in a rebuilding phase. This is a team that is primed to win now. How do you find the right? What are some factors that you try to find the right coach for that fit? Because I, I imagine what made Shelby Liska a great hire or a great choice for uh, softball, which is a multi-year massive rebuild, may not be the same type of factors you look at for the volleyball coach as someone who's ready to take a group and say, "Hey, you know, I know you've developed this chemistry. We got to maintain it now." Just we'll have to figure that out in interviews, uh, resumes, uh, just talking to talking to the coaches that apply. Um, you know, no matter who the, who comes in, uh, if they change anything or if they don't, they still got to have girls buy in, and and that's what's been good about this current group of girls is they've really bought in, and and that the one good thing about the or the bad thing that we're going to miss is that senior leadership with with Carly Spriggs and and Kirsten Houck and Brianna Patterson who showed up and worked every day, so. Brianna Patterson, nothing but a worker. I've yep. always kind of what I've always appreciated what she's brought to the table as an athlete at that yeah, school. Definitely, uh, just quiet. Uh, you know, you get you got to make her speak to you at school. She's just quiet. <laughs> she just goes about her day. But uh, you know, when when it's time to play a game, she's going to give her all. Uh, another coaching hire that I wanted to, that you're or a coaching search that you're undergoing right now is a head baseball coach. You got to find new baseball coach Gerald Beermore stepping away. Uh, from the Vikings program. First, let's just talk about what Gerald Beermore did for that program. He was here before I got here, so I'm not sure exactly how far his tenure dates back, uh, but this is a guy who uh, no team, there's only one team that I've covered in a team sport all all eight, nine years that I've been here that finished better than his Parsons Vikings baseball team did at a state tournament, uh, and this was back in, what, 2017? No, this was back in 2019. Yeah. Uh, they they finished or no 2018, uh, and they finished um, third at state. The only team that was be- the pop quiz. The only team that was better uh, was a St. Paul team under Keith Watrick, uh, who uh, they finished runner up uh, in uh, football one year. But uh, Gerald Beermore, uh, thoughts on what he brought uh, to Parsons Vikings baseball uh, during his tenure? Like you said, he was he was here before you got here, so he's brought consistency. Longest, uh, is is he the longest tenured coach in the building? Uh, uh, but, but, posh is it's hard not to count posh in right. that yeah and coach hawk's been here quite a while now mm-hmm. uh but gerald just brought consistency and a lot of baseball knowledge uh and the kids loved him uh had yeah. good relationships with kids and that's as a coach that's the hardest and the biggest part is uh you gotta have relationships with kids kids got kids gotta like you and they gotta want to play for you and mm-hmm. uh during G- gerald's tenure we always you know fielded full teams JV and varsity, and we're always competitive. Uh, when you're so, w- any thoughts on that coaching story? I know you're probably in the exact same process. You get on with the exact same answers uh, when it comes to replacing the volleyball coach as, as it would be with replacing baseball. Uh, how's be- how's the interest been in that? Because you got to find somebody that uh, has less time to get ready. They got to get ready basically in the winter for a spring season. Yeah, we have a, we had a, we have one on coach. 
we have a coach on staff, Luke Manners, who I think is interested. Uh, he played college baseball. He's that's right. He's Luke very knowledgeable. Uh, Where did he play then, his college ball? I didn't know he played college. Uh, ball. He played at LCC, uh, Washburn, uh, Cali County. Uh, he had many trips throughout his college career. Cali's a good baseball program. He was a. He had many, many <laughs> long journey in college for Luke. <laughs> but uh, you know, looking, you know, obviously. Uh, with baseball in particular, it's interesting to me because you got uh, you, you have a group of I w- they're in middle school right now. Uh, you have a group of middle schoolers that did really well at the have done really well at the Babe Ruth level for quite some time now. Uh, it seems like you know, and, and there's a good core of players now on the Parsons High School uh, baseball roster. I feel like the baseball program are they primed to just run through the league? Probably not, but they're they're never going to, like I said about volleyball, never going to be an easy out, and that's something that I feel like is sustainable under the right management uh, for five or six years. It's got to be an enticing opportunity. Yeah, it's, it's it's a great opportunity for someone coming in to, to, to run a baseball program. We have a very good group of, it's our junior class, uh, mm-hmm. and, that, and, that, and they've kind of carried us through all our sports the last couple of years as sophomores last year. Yeah. And as juniors this year. So uh, it's going to be a good opportunity for someone. For sure. Uh, Rob, you know the drill. We're going to go to the quick break. When we come back, more War Room with Rob Barkus, uh, the Parsons High School Athletic Director here on KLKC Radio. Don't go anywhere. Take two, I'm bringing you back to War Room. I remember to turn the mics on, and we just had a brief health emergency. Rob got dizzy, <laughs> old man. <laughs> We're back here on the War Room. I'm your host, Sean Fry, here on KLKC Radio. Rob Barkus, Parsons High School Athletic Director in the building. Uh, everybody's favorite guest, the most frequent guest on the war room. Rob, we were talking about coaching searches, coaching hires. Got to talk about the big splash hire that you guys made uh, a couple weeks ago, and that was Christy Snyder coming in to serve as one of the assistant coaches on your boys' basketball program there at Parsons. Christy Snyder, legendary Labette County girls' basketball coach, don't even can't even count how many league titles she got them to. I'm pretty sure it's in the 20s. Yeah, and I know her state tournament bursts are in the double digits as well. And I mean, people are still talking about this hire to the sense that last week when I had Mitch Rolls on the program uh, talking about the Labette Community College women's basketball pre uh, season, his first question to me during one of our breaks was about Snyder, and he goes, remember, that's a kid who played at Coffeyville High School, so mm-hmm. he's from the area, from the league, and he goes, when you thought about Labette County, not Labette County basketball, when you thought about Labette County High School, you thought about Christy Snyder and all the success she had there. Uh, looking at bringing Christy over after, you know, to Parsons, and I'm not even going to address the rivalry. At first, I want to address just the fact that it is a woman coaching boys basketball uh, I had some conversations, you know, I sent out the group text uh, to to the media, to my media friends in Kansas when that hire happened, asking, does anybody know any other female assistants on boys' staffs in high school level here in Kansas? I knew of one, and it was Shelby Hillman. She's somewhere in Topeka. I want to say Topeka West. Not, Don't quote me on that. I know she's somewhere in the Topeka area. Shelby Hillman's one of them. She's a former Labette Community College assistant coach on the women's team there. She was the assistant when I got here. I know she's one. Obviously, I know Christie's one now. Nobody else came up with any names. I will say, deep into western Kansas, it gets pretty barren with both my connections and media coverage in general. So if there's one there, I'm just unaware of it. Thoughts on just bringing a woman into that environment? And, you know, I'll just give you the floor and kind of let you speak on that. 
uh, I coached girls basketball here at Parsons years ago. Uh, coming in, uh, Christy, the one thing I liked about her was uh, she was, you know, once the game started, she was she wanted to kick the crap out of you. But, you know, before the game, after the game, uh, scouting, uh, she would share any information. Uh, she would ask about your family once she knew you had, if you had kids. Uh, just a great person all around. Uh, and her team's always played hard. And the relationship she had with her players was was always special. You could players come back uh, anytime there's a Parsons LC game. You know, it's it's a rivalry game, and there'd be players that even a couple years ago or last year, the last year she coached, that that uh, played when I coached, yeah. just to come back to you know you know she'd always you'd always see them visiting with her, and uh, she took time for every single one, too. every single one, and her knowledge of the game. Uh, she's she's probably forgot more about basketball than most of us know. So, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't really look at it as, as a female hire. I looked at it as hiring the best available coach that, that was out there that was interested. Uh, coach Hout suggested it to me and not once did, did the thought of, Oh, that's a woman coaching a boy's sport, uh, cross my mind. It just was heck. Yeah. That's a, that's a hell of a basketball coach that, uh, would be great to have. Uh, one, you know, staying on the topic here, what do you? What kind of dynamic does Snyder add uh, to how Anthony Houck's staff? Anthony Houck, obviously, uh, a very well-respected coach in the league and in the area here. He's get he's given Parsons one league title in his tenure here. Uh, is it one or two? I think it's one. Uh, he got one league title. You know, I think he's up to five or six state tournament berths. Uh, he had, you know, they. I want to say that you guys finished with about seven or eight wins last year. They were playing a lot better towards the end of the year. It was a very young group that started playing much better and had a conceivable path to the state tournament and was a very balanced sub-state field. Uh, and, uh, you know, you either way, Anthony Houck, very well-respected coach. Christy Snyder, though, her just her decorations, her, the plaques on the wall are, do outshine Houck's. A lot of that is due to volume. She's been coaching since since I've been alive. <laughs> but um, you know, what kind of dynamic can she can she complement Hauk with to, to really rev up the Vikings program? I think just a, just another intense individual to have in practice. Uh, when you talk to her outside of basketball, she's very soft spoken, dry sense of humor. But when you get her on the basketball court, uh, she's a different animal. Uh, mm-hmm. She's I think she'll balance Coach Hauk out a little bit. Uh, I've seen Christy have uh, interactions with officials that, you know, Parsons sometimes struggles with that I hope hopefully she'll help there. Uh, you know, something we've been very conscious of lately is our uh, <laughs> our perception, you know, perception officials and, and other people have of us on the sidelines. And that's in any sport, football, basketball, volleyball, any sport, baseball. Uh, we're trying to clean that up a little bit, and uh, I think she'll help with that. Mm-hmm. One thing that I thought Snyder, I, I will say this, I think what makes Snyder such an elite coach, what I think her best attribute is as a coach, is to develop the bench behind her starting lineup. It, I mean, she even on years where the talent was, no matter what the year was, she's going four or five deep on that bench. And to get 10 players year in and year out, not just varsity capable, but 
getting legit varsity minutes on teams that are winning league titles. That is a hard thing to do, but it, it may, that's also what made her teams dangerous. Nothing could be was more demoralizing for those girls' teams on the SEK League for 20-plus years than you're hanging with them. Maybe you're up four, maybe you're down four or six. It's a close game, and there's about five minutes left in the fourth quarter, and out come four subs to keep pressing you. Yep. And when you when you have soldiers out there tying, do you feel like do you feel like some of that elements might creep into Parson might creep into the boys? I know how does usually trust about two or three deep on his bench. I'd love to see it go. Let's see if we can't get four or five because I think that kind of depth can be scary, dangerous. Yeah, I, I think she was really good at at uh, getting kids to accept their roles on her teams. I think she was real good when communicating uh, with her players what their roles were going to be and what she expected them to come in and do. Uh, very rarely did you see any of her subs come in and first time they touched the ball, three-point shot go <laughs> up. up yeah. I mean, I think she did a really good job of of getting kids to know their roles, and I think she'll help in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, we, the last few bit of fall recap, uh, we got to talk about the soccer program. I thought uh, Caleb Reed's soccer uh, program at Parsons this year really took leaps and bounds of improvement. We saw them beat Chanute twice. We saw them, I believe they beat Fort Scott. Is yes. that the big one they got? Yes. Uh, they were competitive. They really should have beat Coffeyville one time. Twice. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and this was uh, a, a very, a, you know, clearly to me it seems like what I saw this year is Parsons is now, they're an SEK League soccer team. Yeah. They, and that's, and to get that to that point, when three years ago Parsons didn't have a soccer program, hats off to Coach Reed. What were your thoughts on how Parsons looked on the on the pitch this year? I know you had a son that played as well. Yeah, um, you know Coach Reed just could, did a good job of recruiting kids to come out. Um, just our numbers were up, uh, excitement was up. Uh, we had new field, new, new scoreboard, field, new everything. scoreboard, new facility. Uh, Aiden Wheat, first team All SEK. Uh, Mason West, second team. Antonio Aida, second team. Uh, we've never had three people get, you know, honors in soccer before. So uh, I think we're trending in the right direction there. Unfortunately, wow. uh, losing Aiden and Mason and seven or eight other seniors. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be a gonna be tough to get some scoring next year. I think some young kids are gonna have to step up. This is where I feel like Caleb's evolutions with. The younger kids and what he's done over three years is we're going to see what that starts to look like. And uh, I know he he's very passionate about it. I love watching Caleb coach. He he's uh, you know he's an eager student of the game, and I think that's healthy for uh, your program. Uh, lastly, we got to talk about football, and you know you've been involved with a, your, you've and your father and just your your collective history with Parsons High School football runs deep. I'm curious what you felt like just just went wrong with the Vikings program that started off 5 and 0, started off as, you know, got to upwards of, you know, ranked 6th or 7th in the state, looking like a true looking like capable they could make a run. Just petered out. What do you feel like kind of just what if you could put your finger on maybe one or two things, what do you feel like it was? I think it was just the uh, the heartbreaking loss to Galena, I think that really uh, affected uh, just the overall psyche of the kids moving forward. I think that's the game they fully expected to win, and and we're they should have won. Too, and yeah. we're winning, and and they they feel they should have won. 
I just think they just quite never, you know, never recovered uh, mentally from a loss like that. You can say, yeah, we put it behind us. We're ready to move on. But then the next week we lose the game by, what, six? Mm-hmm. You know, just two heartbreaking losses back-to-back just kind of uh, kind of got us on a downward, downward spiral that we couldn't get out of. One thing that Shivey said to me, and, I'm, you know, he, he said it to me off the record. Not off record, but he didn't say it to me with a phone in his face. But one thing he said, and I told him he was wrong, but he said, I wonder if I lost the team. I don't think he did. And I, I think in the aggregate, that won't be true. No. But I, I but what that said to me is he's going to spend three months thinking about it. When you think about, you know, some, whole, not wholesale changes, but when you think about a collective change or a collective evolution that you want to see Shibe and those that group of players take in this football offseason uh, to avoid something like that, what, what direction do you feel like they need to head? Uh, I think they just need to continue to work hard, and I, and I think they need to... Um, I think one thing with this team is when they're really... When things are going really good, they're really really excited and playing really well but sometimes when they're faced with adversity uh i think the uh we don't play as well as we should mm-hmm. uh i think just some consistency is just some level-headedness uh consistency and mood consistency and effort uh it's, it's easy to to be hyped up when you're when you're up 24 yeah not so easy when you're down seven or down eight with the game on the line getting a little late in games i think he's going to uh, probably focus on just just calm and cool, just being calm and cool throughout a game. Not too high, not too low. For the record, I thought they came out with some. De- I honestly thought they came out with some decent energy against Gerard. Gerard's oh, definitely really good. But I mean, they they were energetic on the sidelines. They they never really got too down, really until their season was over and you saw some broken hearts. But I, I, you know, that Gerard team was just really good, and it was just, you just kind of realize it, it hit them at one point that that was that was what was going to happen. Uh, and now, I think, God, uh, you know, every game with with the exception of the Columbus game, there's one or two key plays that you know we we could have been different. You know, mm-hmm. could have turned out differently. So I don't think it was a. I mean, yeah, you look, you lost your last four games, and you could look at it as as they didn't finish well, but at least two of those games, there were one or two plays that could have easily went the other way, and we could still be playing right now. Very true. Uh, about about thirty seconds, Rob. Real quick, winter sports coming up. You excited? You excited for it? Excited for it. It's been a nice little break. Uh, I would like to mention we have our uh, high school musical coming up this weekend, Friday and Saturday. Uh, guys and dolls. Uh, those kids are behind the scenes. A lot of them do other things. They got to go and practice in the evenings. Uh, I can guarantee you that's going to be an amazing show. Uh, uh, our orchestra band and choir went to Independence yesterday. Another another group of kids that that work hard every day. That you know, they, there's not a big crowd to watch them do the things they do. So, uh, got a lot of good things going on at Parsons High School, and I know it's it's two weeks away from from the winter sports, but we got a lot of good things going on at the high school, and I want those kids to feel valued and recognized also. Whenever Heather Wilson, the Lebec County volleyball coach, and their drama instructor, theater instructor, comes in, comes into this show, we'll we'll spend half a segment talking about theater. So yeah. theater talk is welcome on the war well, room. I'd love I to love do that it. one of these times. 
Well, uh, hey, that'll do it for the War Room here this week. Rob, thank you as always for coming on. Appreciate you. I'm Sean Fry, your host. That'll do it. Everybody stay safe and God bless. Thank you.